Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hi, and welcome to the post-trade deadline edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin. So much to discuss as the Islanders, busy at the trade deadline, pull off one big deal, almost pull off another, and uh, we will talk about what the Islanders accomplished, what they paid, and whether or not this really helps this hockey team take a step in the right direction. Lou Lamorello busy on trade deadline day, and I think overall most Islander fans very pleased with the results. We'll also preview the Tuesday night game against the New York Rangers, and we'll have a look back at this date in Islanders history. So lots to discuss here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Remember, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to discuss, Shoot us an email. The address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also contact the show via Twitter and follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the world of the New York Islanders. All right. Trade deadline came and went earlier On Monday, it ended at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, and the Islanders pull off one big deal, and uh, a good one, certainly adding a player who we had talked about on this show a few times, and who I said was one of the ideal candidates for the Islanders to add at the trade deadline, they make a deal with the Ottawa Senators and acquire Ottawa native Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He is a 27-year-old center, 5'10", 180 pounds, right now enjoying his best NHL season by far. His first 20-goal season, he has 24 goals and 40 points in 60 games so far, and that is indeed uh, very good. By the way, that 24 goals would put him atop the Islanders' goal-scoring list ahead of Brock Nelson, who has 22. So a good addition here, and he gives the Islanders, when they're healthy, a lot of depth up the middle. When you take a look at what the Islanders' centers are going to look like, you now have a lot of depth at that position, and it is a good thing. You have Matthew Barzal as the top-line center, Brock Nelson at the number two slot, Pajot slides into the number three 
center position. And then when healthy, you would have Casey Sezikis centering that fourth line. So overall, looking like this is a stronger Islanders unit than it was just 24 hours ago. And that is indeed a good situation. You also have some depth. You have players like Derek Brassard and Josh Bailey who are capable of filling in on the center ice spot if needed. And that third line that we talked about that was such a problem now looks a lot more like it can put points on the board because uh, the Islanders almost making a deal to acquire Zach Parise from the Minnesota Wild. Parise, according to reports, had waived his no-trade clause, was willing to do it, but part of the deal was that Andrew Ladd had to go back to Minnesota. There was a question of who was going to pay the salary, and at the end of the day, that deal not made, so Ladd called up, and now you have a third line that could look like this. Pajot, Ladd, and Josh Bailey, which is a much better third line offensively than the Islanders were going to put out there uh, for the previous part of the season. So, you know, you now could have Pajot, Ladd, and Bailey, and then once Sezikis is healthy and Clutterbuck is back, you then have, you know, Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck as your fourth line, and then you have guys like Otto Koivula uh, to provide some depth. You would, you know, have a few depth forwards out there. But overall, this Islanders team now has three lines that are capable of putting the puck in the net. And, you know, again, a very strong fourth line. What you get with Pajot is a guy who, you know, like we said, 24 goals in 60 games. So he's on pace for about 30 to 35 goals this year, probably like 32, 33 goals, can kill penalties and has better than a 52% face-off winning percentage as well. So here's a guy who's solid in all three zones, can put the puck in the net, can kill penalties, can take face-offs, uh, all in all, a very strong fit for the Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello philosophy of how they want to play hockey. And in exchange, the Islanders give up a first round pick, a second round pick, and then a conditional third. Now, the first round pick is lottery protected. If it's a, one of the top three picks this year, the Islanders don't give it up. Uh, the third round pick is conditional on the Islanders winning the Stanley Cup this year. So, Look, that there's a 1-in-31 chance that the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, if they don't win it, they don't give up the third-round pick. If they do win it, you're certainly more than happy to give up the third-round pick. So, overall, this deal certainly makes the Islanders a stronger team right now and fits in with the philosophy the Islanders want to play, and better yet... The Islanders turn around, originally, Pajot would have been a rental player because his contract was up at the end of the season. But what the Islanders did, they turn around and sign Jean-Gabriel Pajot to a six-year contract extension worth a reported $30 million. So now, all of a sudden, 
He is no longer a rental player. He is somebody who is a part of the future of this team and who makes this team better. The price doesn't seem as high when he's not a rental player. If you're talking about getting a guy just for the stretch run and the playoffs this year, that is too high of a price to pay, quite honestly. Uh, a one, a two, and possibly a three. But when he's not a rental player anymore, he signs the long-term deal. The the cost that the Islanders paid to make this trade does not seem as high. All right, we're going to take a step back. We'll talk a little bit more about this and the deal the Islanders didn't make, plus the ramifications of this deal and, and sort of the fallout. We'll preview the Rangers game and have this date in Islanders history. A lot more to discuss right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so those of you who follow the show on Twitter know we had a a fan poll, a rather unscientific fan poll, but a fan poll nonetheless after the Pajot trade was completed and the results were overwhelming. 84% of our recipients said, yes, this trade is a game changer. They were happy with it. 4% said the price was too high and 12% said they have mixed feelings about the deal and Folks, there's still time to vote if you want to. Uh, again, the uh, survey on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, and you can place your vote or a comment or both uh, just by uh, following us there. Kiefer Bellows heads down to the Miners as a result of this trade. Not a lot of room left for him, but you know what? At this point, Bellows got his taste of playing in the National Hockey League, and I think that in and of itself was a positive thing. In addition, now the Islanders are going to have a lot more depth throughout this lineup, and that is the key. Guys like Michael Del Cole, guys like Tom Cunackle, Ross Johnston, uh, these are players, Otto Koivula, these are players now that if they're lucky, will be in and out of the lineup, and they're going to have to fight for ice time. But the good thing is, the players who are replacing them give the Islanders more talent, more scoring ability, still should be solid in their own zone, and when both Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck return, this team is going to take a step forward. But here's the thing. Fans, I am happy with these moves. They improve the Islanders. Two things that you have to keep in mind. Number one, the Islanders, as of right now, have traded a first-round pick and two second-round picks. And that is something that, you know, is going to be paid for down the line. They are going to have to eventually, you know, lose those picks, and already this is a team that is in win-now mode. Uh, There are not a lot of big-name, highly regarded prospects out there in the Islanders' farm system right now. There are some decent players, but they're not star players or top-rated prospects. I mean, Kiefer Bellows is probably the top-rated player in the system right now offensively, and he just went back to the minors because he is not ready for the rigors 
of this stretch drive. He shows flashes. He has a future, but he's not ready. Down the road, this team is going to be affected by the deals for Green and for Pajot. But right now, they are certainly a stronger team as a result of these trades. And the other thing you got to ask yourselves, Islanders fans, is this. Even after this trade, where do you place the Islanders in the standings in the Eastern Conference? Are they a better team than the Washington Capitals? Are they a better team than the Pittsburgh Penguins? Are they a better team than the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins? I would say even after these deals, the answer is probably not. Not yet. Are they now in a position to say they are better than the Philadelphia Flyers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New York Rangers, the teams that they are now fighting for that, uh, you know, playoff position with, and all of these teams were active at the trade deadline. I think this deal solidifies the Islanders' chances of making the playoffs and probably puts them in contention to make a run right now at first place in the Metropolitan Division. Doesn't guarantee that they're there. I still don't think they're the most talented team in the division, but could the Islanders face off against the Capitals or Penguins and beat them in a seven-game series? Absolutely. And their chances of that happening went up significantly today and with the Green Deal last week uh, than they were earlier. Now, the Parise deal would have been a blockbuster. It would have taken the Islanders to another level despite the fact that he has a not-so-good contract. In fact, it's an onerous contract, but you know, Ladd would have gone back the other way. That takes away a bad contract, and it would have been a positive on the ice for the Islanders, but that deal didn't go down. But right now, the Islanders are balanced, stronger, and they now have two second lines, a third line, and a fourth line. They still lack right now. The one thing the Islanders lack is a bonafide sniper. And that is something they don't have. And they don't have a a, a top line that people really have to fear. But they are more balanced. They are better offensively in a big way. And now, you know, here's a team that had just the 120-goal scorer before this. Now they have two 20-goal scorers, a 19-goal scorer in Lee, Two 18-goal scorers in Bavillier and Barzal. And this is a team that is headed, you know, in the right direction offensively. They got better on the face-off circle. They got better on the penalty kill. Strong on defense. I like this trade. And I like it a lot more once they sign Pajot to that contract extension. What I didn't like was, again, giving up all these draft picks, which two, three, four years down the road is going to have an impact on this team. But you know what? You can make trades. You can create cap space. Hopefully the cap continues to go up and the Islanders will have some decisions to make this offseason when some players are up for contract negotiations and, you know, Lou Lamorello will have a chance to make some trades 
to sign some potentially some other free agents, and some players are going to be let go and you're going to walk. But let's take it one step at a time. And right now, let's enjoy the fact that this team just got better. This team is now energized for the playoff run and perhaps most importantly, the Islanders. The players in that locker room, the players on that team know that management is behind them, has enough confidence in them to move forward, and is, you know, doubling down that the guys on this locker room can make a run at not just making the playoffs, but winning a round or two, or just going on a deep playoff run. And quite honestly, before these two trades were made, whether or not the Islanders would make the playoffs or not was very much up in the air. It's still a question because they have to play well down the stretch, but they certainly are deeper, stronger, more balanced, more experienced, and took a big step forward as far as what they're going to do this year. So overall, Islander fans happy with this deal. They should be. And uh, please feel free to chime in on the email address or on Twitter and let us know what you think about this trade. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll preview the game against the Rangers and have this Dayton Islanders history. More to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to February 25th, 1996. Islanders in their fisherman jerseys facing off against the Edmonton Oilers at the Nassau Coliseum. In goal for the Oilers, Cujo, Curtis Joseph, while the Islanders go with Tommy Soderstrom. And this game started off with some rough stuff. Early in the first period, Roughing penalties handed out to Bob Sweeney of the Islanders and a double roughing minor to Scott Thornton of the Oilers, but the Islanders unable to catch uh, to cash in on that power play. And after 20 minutes, the game was scoreless at 0-0. Remember, this is sort of the height of the dead puck era, so a lot of obstruction going on right now and a lot of uh, neutral zone trap. In the second period, the Islanders take advantage of some power play opportunities. With Todd Marchant off for obstruction hooking, the Islanders get a power play goal from Ziggy Palfi, his 25th assist to Martin Straka and Wendell Clark at 11.36, and the Islanders had a one to nothing lead. Then with future Islander Ryan Smith in the penalty box for obstruction interference, the Islanders cash in again on the power play. Defenseman Scott Lachance, his third of the year from Matthew Schneider and Ziggy Palfi at 17-28. It was a 2 to nothing Islanders lead. Some more rough stuff late in the game. Wendell Clark and Luke Richardson end up with roughing penalties. Clark takes the double minor for roughing. Richardson only one. The Oilers pull their goalie, trying to get a six on four, but they are unable to cash in. And at the end of the day, Tommy Soderstrom, 25 saves to earn the shutout, and the Islanders skate away with that two to nothing victory, a goal and an assist for Ziggy Palfi to pace the Islanders' attack. 
Three shots on goal for Alexander Simak and Wendell Clark to lead the Isles. The Islanders had 19 shots on goal, 25 shots for the Oilers, but Soderstrom equal to all of that, and he makes 25 saves for the shutout. Islanders, 2-0 winners over the Edmonton Oilers on this date in Islanders history, February 25th, 1996. All right, the Islanders set to face the Rangers for the fourth and final time this season. Rangers won the first two meetings between these two clubs, Islanders winning the third. Islanders would love nothing more than to win this game and thereby, uh, first of all, even up the season series, and second of all, more importantly at this point, put some distance between them and the Rangers in the standings because... Folks, the Rangers are not very far behind the Islanders right now. This game is 7 o'clock face-off at the Coliseum. Six points separate the Rangers and the Islanders. So if the Islanders win, it's an eight-point differential. If the Rangers win, the differential shrinks down to four points. Both teams at this juncture have played 61 games, so they have 21 games left. Rangers in the middle of the pack. Eighth in goals scored right now, 13th in goals against. Their power play is solid, 7th in the league, 23.1%, while the penalty kill, 19th, a little bit vulnerable there, at 79.5%. Some news uh, on Monday, Igor Shosturkin, the Rangers' hot rookie goalie, who is 9-1-0 right now in his first 10 starts, Injured in a car accident, he is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So Shesterkin not available, and Alexander Georgiev, who has played very well against the Islanders so far this year, uh, reported to get the start tomorrow uh, for the Rangers. Georgiev in 26 starts, 14-12 and one, a 2.98 goals against average and a 9-12 save percentage. Henrik Lundqvist will be the backup. He is 10-11-3, a 3-1-2 goals against average, and a 9-0-7 save percentage. Uh, Artemi Panarin remains the biggest weapon on this Rangers team. 31 goals, 83 points, and a plus 33. Mika Zibinijad, 28 goals, 60 points. Ryan Strom, the ex-Islander, 16 goals, 55 points. And the Rangers keeping Chris Kreider at the deadline, signing him to a contract extension. Kreider with 24 goals, 45 points. He will remain a New York Ranger. And the Rangers come into this situation pretty hot, having won four of their last five games and uh, playing probably their best hockey in of the season right now. In fact, all totaled, the Rangers have now won seven of their last eight and the only loss, a three to one defeat at the hands of the first place Boston Bruins. So Islanders catching the Rangers at a very critical time. By the way, uh, Pajot may or may not be able to get to Long Island in time for this game, and the holdup could be immigration and uh, getting a visa. He is a Canadian citizen. 
He now needs permission to work in the United States and, and get all the paperwork together. Not clear as of recording time whether or not Pajot will be able to play the game against the Rangers at the Coliseum on Tuesday night. Rangers lineup, Zabinijad is the first-line center with Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh On his wings, Ryan Strom, the second-line center with Panarin and Fast flanking him. Philip Cheadle is the third-line center. Phil DiGiuseppe is on his left wing, while on the right wing side of Cheadle is rookie Capo Caco. Brett Howden centers the fourth line with Brandon Lemieux and Julian Gauthier flanking him. Now, on defense, Brady Shea traded at the trade deadline. So, Jacob Truba is on the top pairing. Anthony D'Angelo and Mark Stahl, the second pairing. Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox, the third pairing. Not sure yet who's going to take that place. Those defensive pairings, obviously, up for grabs. Michael Haley still out and injured. And the goaltenders, as we mentioned, uh, are going to be Henrik Lundqvist, the backup, Georgiev, the starter. And that should be the combination for the New York Rangers. Going to be a barn burner. Rangers-Islanders always is. Uh, as mentioned in my book, Ice Wars, so uh, please feel free to check that out on Amazon and wherever you get books. And uh, thanks for listening to this special Locked On Islanders podcast edition, which we bring you early because of the trade deadline deals. Again, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps grow the audience and helps new Islanders and hockey fans Find the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.